Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, May 2nd. We are here live. We're going to open the phone lines right now. So start dialing. It's a free-for-all kind of day. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything you want to talk about, pick up the phone and join right now. The number, 855-950-3835. We're going to get to those calls here in just a little bit. I do have some things I want to talk about, but jump in and join us. I promise if you dial right now, you will get through. Uh I am home. I know I had uh, I had posted last Monday that I was going to take a week off and hang out in the woods, and I really thought about it, and then I thought, you know what? I've got a lot to do. The weather wasn't going to be all that great in Northeast Ohio, so I decided to point it west and uh, get home. I rolled in Saturday. Took most of uh, Saturday to kind of recover a little bit, and then... Yesterday spent most of the day, well, as much as I could anyway, in the garden, which I'm kind of excited about. I'm getting a little bit of a late start this year, but uh, I've got some plans. I've got a lot of work to do. The really exciting thing, though, uh, yesterday was absolutely my first day in the garden, first day this calendar year that I touched anything in the garden, and yet we've already harvested two foods and ate them. Uh, I'm excited. I grew asparagus for the first time. It was a success. Uh, I want to go out today and see how much it grew. The whole thing about um, asparagus, if the conditions are right, I, I think we're a little cold. I think it's going to grow a little slower. But with asparagus, you cut a stalk, and sometimes the next day you can cut it again. They grow that fast sometimes six to eight inches a night. Probably going to be a little slower because it's still cold here and a little cloudy, but I got to say that's my first time ever having fresh asparagus like that. Cut it, cook it, eat it. It was pretty amazing. And I, uh, I had forgotten about an experiment I was doing in the garden. I grow potatoes in bags, fabric bags, and <clears throat> I left a couple of them I just left the potatoes in them at the end of last year. I didn't harvest them. And I'd kind of forgotten about it. So I was dumping all the dirt. I usually refill the bags right away with dirt and then set them aside. And I was emptying the bags to start planting potatoes yesterday. And one of the bags had a bunch of potatoes in it from last year. What a great way to store your potatoes. Over the winter, they were amazing. Really fresh, firm. So one day in the garden already eating potatoes and asparagus. So um, the other thing I want to talk about, I'll probably give you an update on some of that uh, on Wednesday. I'll be talking more about that. and We'll be talking about fermenting and canning and all those other things we do on Destination Health Day. Uh, we will get to that Wednesday. I want to continue on with the theme from last Thursday and Friday, and I'd love to hear from somebody I'm really hoping somebody took the weekend and did what we talked about on Thursday and Friday get your numbers together I talked about using mint 
com to get your personal finances together and then using profit gauges to get your business numbers together and that if you did that, I would commit to helping you. Uh, we can do it here on the air. We can do it on truckingtribe.com, whatever works better for you or both. I really hope somebody takes me up on this offer. It's time. Uh, I cannot find any good signs in our economy, including the fact that diesel prices continue to go up. Now, it's not that bad of a thing for good owner-operators who have their fuel costs under control, but it's not good for the economy at this point. We are way past. I've said that if fuel hangs out between three seventy-five dollars and $4 a gallon, it's usually the sweet spot for owner-operators. They get a nice fuel surcharge, but it's not quite enough to really wreck the economy. The problem we're seeing now is diesel prices around the world are continuing to climb. I keep listening to the news and they talk about gas prices and how it's hurting the consumer. The bigger, much bigger problem really is diesel. When you think about how we use diesel fuel around the world, everything we need depends on diesel, not gasoline. We use gasoline to get back and forth in in the U.S., but even that's unusual in other countries. Diesel is by far the most popular fuel around the world. But when we talk about business, business runs on diesel. Virtually every step we think about our food production. The food is not going to get produced on a farm without diesel fuel. If diesel fuel is this expensive... There's step number one that adds to the cost. The farmer has got to raise his price of his crops because his cost has gone up so much. We rely heavily on diesel in farming. Everything that gets trucked into the farm requires diesel to get there. To get the crops out of the farm requires diesel. Every step of the process, virtually every step of our delivery, our our supply chain, is diesel. All the raw materials coming into factories get delivered with diesel fuel. All the products shipping out of those factories get moved with diesel fuel. Construction equipment all runs on diesel fuel. Ships bringing us imported goods from around the world all run on diesel fuel. When the price of diesel goes up, well, It's hard to say what happens when the price of diesel goes up this high because we've never seen this ever. These are record prices. I'm actually getting tired of the word we set another record, the phrase. We're setting lots and lots of records and none of them are good. Record high inflation, record high fuel prices, record high home prices, vehicle prices, just sky high and we just can't sustain this the market the the stock market is starting to react uh i believe march was one of the worst months we have seen april was pretty bad as well again we're we're setting records and none of them are really good we're setting records in trucking with rates dropping i talked about the van um 
the van rate dropping 89 cents since its peak. You know, I, I've mentioned that um, this is going to be hard on people because they've never seen conditions like this. But I was only going back to 08, 09, saying if you got into the industry uh, after 08, you really don't know what a major long-term weak market in trucking looks like. But I think we're about to see what that does look like. But I mentioned this on Friday, Noel Perry, um, I got an email from him and it talked about the worst conditions in trucking since 1980. Well, like I said, then that's the worst conditions in trucking ever because you can't go back any older than 1980. Our, our industry changed in such a profound way because of deregulation. It's like two different industries. You can't compare the two. So we may be looking at the worst conditions ever. High equipment prices, high fuel prices, rates dropping, shortages, um, labor shortages. It's hard to get, um, get trucks worked on these days. Hard to get the parts and the supplies you need. It's really a time where if you're going to survive this, you've got to buckle down. Um, I may talk about that a little more. Um, I've got some other things I want to talk about. But calls are starting to come in. If you want to join us, jump in now, 855-950-3835. We're going to head off to Nebraska to get started. Brandy, welcome to the program. Oh, hold on one second. Brandy, are you... Let me try that again. Oh, there we go. Brandy? Oh, wow. I'm already there. There you are. (laughs) I just wanted to... Yeah. uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but on May 9th is uh, Russia's July 4th, and our administration is sort of like poking at them. And you have to wonder... Well, they're certainly not going to surrender... Uh, and, uh, and then, so that's one thing. It's just basically to keep aware that something is probably going to happen by that date. And then Steve Forbes has got a new book on inflation. It's really a short audible book, about four hours long and lots of information about inflation and what we can do to reverse it and how it started and all of that. What's the title of that book? I'm sure I can find it, it, but... Um, it starts with inflation. <laughs> okay, I'll uh, I'll look it's for that. New, I... It's brand new. It's it's brand new. So yeah. it's, uh, and I listened to it this past weekend. It's really good. Yeah, I actually uh, I like his stuff, so I'd like to get that one. Okay, well, that that's all. I just wanted to bring it to your attention because you were talking about stuff like that on Thursday and Friday, and I thought, do you know this? Are you aware of this? Because our nation is sort of poking at them, it's like I dare you to newcomers. It's like, are you? It's like there's no winning in that. Yeah, they're they're you know the the whole Ukraine Russia thing is really complicated, and unfortunately, it's happening at a time where we have so many other things going on as well that it's it's really overshadowed a lot of things. 
Um, you know, it took people's mind off the economy. It took people's mind off of uh, the, the protest. The convoys got zero coverage. Their, their timing couldn't have been worse. The first time that I know of in, in kind of trucking history that um, there was actually some effective convoys protests going on and they were almost completely ineffective, but only because they just didn't get any coverage. Uh, partially because the media doesn't want to cover anything like that. And they had a really good excuse because it's been wall-to-wall coverage of what's going on in Ukraine. So all these other yeah. things that most people in this country should be paying attention to, they're not because now all we hear is Ukraine, 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 Russia, Russia, Russia. Uh, and yet our country is basically falling apart. And I'm not saying we can't, we shouldn't pay attention to that. Unfortunately, we have to. It's going to have big impacts on the world and our economy, but we also really need to start paying attention to what's going on right here. Yeah, I think it's all distraction as well as an agenda, but that'd be my opinion. Yeah, I I think so too. I just don't know what to do with all that. You know, I, I just, um, all, yeah. all I can say at this point, and, you know, we get tired of saying this. I feel like we've been saying it my whole life, but it, it always seems to be like this next election is the most important ever. And I'm, I'm sick of saying it, but I, I don't know what else to say because clearly our country has fallen apart in so many ways in just one year. And I, I, I don't know what else to do except to say the, the policies and practices of this administration are not working and something has to change. And the way we change that is through elections. Uh, I just, it just gets yeah. old to keep saying this is the most important. Yeah, they're all important. I get it. Um, we, we really need to turn some things around in this country before it's too late. I agree. Yeah. Well, that's all I had, Kevin. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Texas this time. Fred, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. What's on your mind today? So I had a, I had an interesting conversation with one of my customers. Uh, he's, a main, he's a main broker that gives me uh, some pretty good work. And we got to chewing the fat, and he... Uh, he said he sees a lot of cracks in the van freight right now. Um, he said what he does is, you know, he keeps, he keeps his finger on the pulse. And he said that uh, he saw some, some, some lanes that he does um, starting to come down. So what he did was, just to test his theory, he threw some loads out at a very low ball price and figured he can work back up to where he was. And he said guys are jumping on him left and right at a very low price. Yeah. Now, yeah that's... I don't know what that means, but uh, it, he said flatbeds are still doing okay. You know, I mean, him and I have a relationship where uh, he gives me a, he, he, when he puts things out on the board that he has to, it's a lot lower than what he gives me because right. he needs some room to work, I guess. With. Um, so I thought that was very, I thought that was very interesting. And he has a very good, He's been doing it 25 years on his own in this brokerage. He's built it pretty well. He has some really good clientele and some work, you know, I guess all over, but 
he has some yeah. pretty good customers, the ones I deal with through him. You, you know? know, let me let me explain a little bit of why that happens like this. It, and we know that, you know, on average, van rates are down 89 cents from the peak. That was last week. I, this could change every day. Right. So I'm trying to stay on right. top of it as well. But the other thing we know that complicates rates in trucking, and it took me a long time to realize this, what, like why... Why do people have such a hard time with pricing in trucking? It's supply and demand, just like every other business. The problem is, and now I get it, it is far more complicated in trucking because the supply part of this is always moving. So it's never, you know, in most other industries, the supply and demand certainly changes and that can change pricing. It doesn't seem to change nearly as much in most industries as it does in trucking, but you can also, it's much, much easier to match the supply to the demand in any other industry. The problem for us is our supply, the trucks, the trailers, the drivers are constantly on the move. And you can end up with far too many of them on the West Coast at some point and not enough on, you know, other places. And and it's complicated. And the other thing that happens because most, and I will say most, by far, owner operators and drivers don't understand this. They don't stay on top of it, that when rates start going down and they hear that, maybe a lot of these trucks were in an area where you just could not get any freight. It's starting to dry up. Prices are going down. But what happens is the very next day, that same owner-operator could be in a strong market, and he doesn't know it. In his mind, rates are going down. He almost couldn't get loaded last time. I better grab whatever I can and just keep moving. This is why we talk all the time about know your numbers, build relationships like you. You're talking to the broker and, and, and you get this because you're seeing it. You're talking about right. it. You're asking about it. You yeah. understand well, that see, just because way, rates yeah. have gone down in one place doesn't mean that they're weak everywhere. Right, right. Well, this is the way he runs. He, he has steady freight in and he see that's what, that's what kind of drove me to the conversation. I call you this morning, but you're open um, because he's seeing it in lanes that he knows. Like right. Lanes that he knows, and right. he said, "I'm just going to throw a, I'm going to throw a low ball number out there today and see what happens." And he said, "Guys are gobbling it up," and he couldn't he, believe it, you know. And he can readjust his price now where he needs to be to keep his customers satisfied. It, exactly. So, and this is the way people who understand the market operate. And he's wondering, oh my God, I threw this out expecting some pushback or I'd have to renegotiate or I'd have to add more to the rate and people are just grabbing it. Well, there's why. He, right. He's he's in a lane, right. he's got good right. customer freight and he decided to you know try an experiment and it worked because the attitude all of a sudden, I, and again, it's, you know, the first 30 plus years that I did this and tried to watch the market, you had very limited information. I mean, I could look at load boards and I did and I studied those things and I follow analysts. The difference in the last 10 years has been, I also get feedback every single day from social media. We never used to have that. Yeah. And you watch this, and I right. talk about it all the time. I, I, in many of my opens, they're based on some post I saw on social media. I saw a bunch this morning. The trend now, 
um, just a year ago, when I started talking about social media, the trend was, ha, I stuck it to the broker again. Ha, I told him, no way I'm pulling that. I need this much. And, you know, everything was great. That party's over. Now, all of the posts are, stop taking loads for anything less than $4 a mile. They're screwing us. We got to tell them we're not pulling. Okay, tell them you're not pulling it then. Watch what happens. Yeah, I... I, uh, I'm off social media completely except for, you know, the two tribe sites, but, um, I got a friend who I'm trying to talk, uh, into waiting. He's looking for a truck right now and trying oh. to become an on opera. I'm telling oh. him, wait, wait, and, wait, and he, wait, he's wait. Start, he's, start, he's starting to see the trucks he was looking at are starting to come down now. And I said, listen, I said, this is going to be a bloodbath. Unfortunately for some people, I says, wait at least a year before you do anything. And he has a very good company job. And I said, I don't know why you want to leave that. Not now. Because, but yeah. it's, it's, it's a demanding place. And I, I get his reasoning. And he, you know, he always wanted his own thing. But I, I try to talk. I tell him, listen, just sit back and, and, and listen to me. I've been doing this a long time. I'm trying to help you. And he kind of well, is. So which is a good thing. Well, you've, you've listened to the show for a long time. This is the, this yeah. is the first time ever. I've said, no, don't do it. In the past, I've always said, I don't care if the economy is good, bad, in the middle, doesn't matter. If you have a solid business plan, you start when you're ready to start. I've been saying it for 30 years. This is the first time. There's a reason for that. I've never seen conditions like this. I would not start a business right now for nothing. And I've been the guy that says, oh, start at the bottom. It's the best place to start. The the thing people have to realize, we're nowhere near the bottom. We get, like you said, a, a, a year, six yeah. months at the very least, this could happen fast. The other thing I want people right. to know, the bottom isn't like a, a moment in time. We, when we reach the bottom, whatever that's going to be, we'll be there a while. It's not like you're going to miss out on something, you know, watching. I, I, I like to describe this as, as like a turning ship. It doesn't turn on a dime. It takes a while to recorrect the course. It's yes. And, and we'll have plenty of information to show rates are still going down. The economy's slowing down. There's not, you know, I need to go look up the number. We used to get it reported to us every Monday. I, it'd be interesting to know what the number of loads on the load boards are these days. You know, the average used to be yeah. between three and 400,000 loads a day. And at the peak, we were talking about 1.3 million loads a day, which, and it lasted a while. I'm sure that number's on its way down. When we get back to that three or 400,000, let's hope that's the bottom. I, I, I agree with you, and I, I hope that goes well. Uh, if we have a minute, I'd like to ch- switch gears a second. Sure. The weekend. I don't know if I taped it or what it was, but it was um, uh, this woman. She's a, she's a liberal, um, and she was talking to a, a, a host. Uh, her name is Naomi Wolf, and she's been a very big voice in the, in the Democrat Party. I think she used to work with the Clinton campaign and stuff like that. And she is appalled by what's happening with her party. And she, she was talking about language, how it used to be we were, it was true or untrue. 
and now the truth is completely gone out of the conversation. And that's where this disinformation or misinformation has come from. And she's just, she's really trying to, to rip the word out on how the, the subjection of words and uh, the subversion of words have really changed her party to where she doesn't recognize it anymore. You know, I, I'm, I'm almost shocked when I, I really, when I read the first headline about the whole, you know, disinformation governance board, I, I thought that it had to be right. something from the Babylon Bee. But then I remembered, no, the Babylon Bee's already been censored. They've been kicked off of Twitter already. Right. And then it dawned on well, me, I this heard, is insane that we're even talking else. about this. I heard something else. So uh, there's a big uproar on the, on the right media that uh, the woman who's in charge of this has been spewing this false falsities for years. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she was a YouTube star or some, something like that. I'm not even sure. But anyway, um, apparently everyone thinks this is a direct rebuttal from the government to Elon Musk. I heard something yes uh, over the weekend, I guess it was, that, She's actually been in this position for quite some time. This this has been already on already starting a while back here, and it's just come to light just recently. I, I think so. I it, it's the the information's kind of been dribbling out, and you yeah, know the yeah. the White House and um, Peppermint Patty um, Jen Psaki, yeah. Um, she yep, yep. she made this huge point every time somebody questioned her about this. She said, well, this isn't new. This started under the Trump administration. Talk about disinformation. Come on, stop taking that kind of stuff out of context. There was a, right. a, an organization set up under the Trump administration to specifically target information coming from other countries trying to subvert our social media channels they targeted other countries that were trying to spread this that's what our government is supposed to do protect us from other countries that want to do harm to us with things like that but this whole idea when i when i first heard this term free speech absolutist what does that mean of course we're a free speech absolutist free speech is absolute that's the whole point. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's um, the left really understands language. I think we've had this conversation before, and they really know how to uh, manipulate language. They do. Um, and and, you know, if, and if, honestly, if you, don't like, if you don't like what I say, I'm a racist. Yeah. You know? And, and they, they try to shut you down. And for some reason, and I don't understand, but, you know, conservatives and libertarians i don't know if we're too dumb to understand this we keep allowing them to manipulate the language and we don't even realize how powerful that is yeah well that was that was the the conservatives biggest mistake is letting the liberals or the left have have uh power over the education system yeah yeah, it they really, really is. The the, they were, they were, they were really always into trying to get cheap labor and 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 screwing us out of out of our wages. You know, let's <laughs> uh, let let let's call it what it really is, though. You mean 
they have control over the indoctrination system. Yes. Yeah, we have no education anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a new book out by uh, Douglas Murray. He was uh, a British uh, um, uh, author, and he uh, it's the War on the West. I'm gonna I'm gonna download it because I think the guy really has a handle on uh, the current climate. Um, and he loves this country, and he's not even a citizen. Yeah, which but he is, loves the whole American experiment. It, uh, it, it seems like, you know, and I guess it's, it's human nature again, it seems like the, the more recently you or your family immigrated here or emigrated here, um, the more patriotic you are. It, it seems like... It, it's the people who have been in this country or their family's been here too long. They forgot how good we really have it. And that only comes down to one thing. It comes down to the fact that we were the most free country in the world. Forget everything else. Well, he, it, there, it, he that's made what made us great. I heard him in an interview. He said that, <clears throat> that when you talk about war, you don't have any specific country in mind. War is war, and every country on the planet and every civilization on the planet has been engaged in something similar to war. And, and he says, but when you talk about slavery, and slavery's been going on for centuries, and, but it's the, only, we, the only thing you talk about slavery is America. Yeah, right. Or racism. Said, he said, and that's, that was, that, well, that's, that's the thing. Um, so he said that it's, we have to teach true history and we also have to teach children or youth to be grateful about people that came before us of all the, all the wonderful things they left for us in their, in their past and in their wake, you know, yeah. uh, you know, we wouldn't have anything, electricity, everything. You know, they, they say it's, 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 it's uh, dead white men. It's the problem. <laughs> if it wasn't for the dead white men, we wouldn't have lights. Exactly. We wouldn't have cars. We yeah. wouldn't have, we wouldn't well, have, everything you know that was just what the demographic was if i could wave my magic wand and make one change in our world today honestly and i know there's it's it might be tough to choose because there seems to be a lot going on and it's hard to find a lot of positive things the one thing i wish i could do i I wish i could just somehow make everybody colorblind and and all we're just humans we're all just human beings. Well, it, it, we, let's you know, throw away all those other descriptors. Why, why does somebody have to be white or black or brown or whatever? Right? We're just human beings. I wish we could all throw away all of that language that somehow tries to make us different from each other and just get down to the business yes. of, of living. But this whole conversation about race is just disgusting, honestly. Well, Kevin, the saddest thing that's happened <clears throat> since I've been alive, and I was born in 68, so I'm 53, going to be 54 this year. The saddest thing that's happened since I've been alive is they took Martin Luther King's message and completely did a 180 on it. Yeah. Yeah, he, they sure did. He and, and and said that we should be all judged by what we do and not what we look like. That's, that's it. That's, that's the world he it, wanted it, to... It, he wanted to and, and, and if people just took that message, no matter what background you come from, 
and just live by that message, it would be a better world. A yeah, better country, and, definitely, but a better world. And let's just add a couple more things while we're at it, since we get to wave our magic wand. It, you shouldn't be judged on what you look like. You shouldn't be judged on who you hang out with or sleep with. That's totally up to you, consenting adults. Right, you, 100%. You shouldn't be 100%. judged on how you worship or who or what you worship. None of those things should have much to do with anything. Set all those aside. Those are all personal choice. You get to do what you want. You're not hurting anybody else. Now, how, how do you live as a human being? That's what we should be judged on. Yes, 100%. I, I remember as a young man having arguments with people and then having drinks with them after we were finished. Exactly. Whether we agreed or not at the end of the argument. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I had, I had my, I, we have, we have new neighbors that moved in about a year ago with COVID and everything. We finally had them over, over, over the weekend just for a little happy hour and some, some appetizers. And they're an older gay couple. You know, I don't care. Exactly. Who cares? Who cares you know? about any of that yeah, stuff? I mean, they're just, just people. Right. No, they're, just, they're just people. Yeah. 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 You do you, I do me. And we just kind of coexist and we, we'd be nice to one another. Exactly. That, that, yeah. You know, I, I wish I, oh, anyway, but listen, I know. Yeah. I know. All right, Fred. Thanks for the call. Great stuff. Let's uh, let's head off to Ohio this time. Brian, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. Uh, after your uh, last show on Wednesday with the guys from Cardio Miracle, I decided to order something. So I'm, I'm looking at the uh, package on it. It still hasn't arrived yet, but I was looking at the package online on the nutritional information. Yeah. Okay, and what I'm wondering on that, because I was looking at the vitamin, I believe that has vitamin D in it, correct? It does, yes. Okay, so should I quit using the uh, D and K drops in my coffee in the morning then, if I start taking that, or? Possibly. You know, the the thing that, we don't want to overtake supplements, that's for sure, and Cardio yeah. Miracle is a really good Overall, I mean, it's excellent for cardio health and a bunch of other things, but there's also just a lot of really good nutrients in there. Really, the only way I know how to answer a question about supplementing, if we're concerned, we have to test. Vitamin D, I've said for many years now, I test every quarter. I actually have a subscription through Everly Well. They just send me a new vitamin D test. I've got one sitting here. It's time to do one again. Um, I just do it every right. quarter because based on the amount of sunshine I get, I, I alter my supplementation. Now that I started taking Cardio Miracle, I cut back on my DNK drops, but I haven't eliminated them yet. I might if I take this test and I'm you know, over a hundred, then I'll probably back off on the drops. But you know, yeah, the only because when I had mine done in September, yeah, it was a hundred three. Yeah, which is, to me is just about perfect. You know, if if I can stay between that seventy five and hundred mark, I feel like that's a good yeah. sweet spot. It's certainly you're not going to suffer any consequences from being too low at seventy five. You still have plenty, but you're also not going to see any consequences from being at a hundred. I mean, I've seen people say, "Oh, it depletes magnesium okay. and all this other stuff," and uh, but from my results. When people stay between 75 and 100, they get the best results. I mean, I I don't know for sure if this was some weird coincidence. I kind of don't think it was. Um, I just got sick a month ago, first time in eight years. But it's also after 30 days where I stopped my vitamin D supplementation. 
I, right. I was just experimenting with this. I'm wondering about the, yeah, about the vitamin D and the cardio miracle. You know, you said, you know, vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin, and, you know, it was already uh, emulsified in fat with the drops. Correct, so which is something I'd like. Now, absorption issue with this? Well, it might be, but then there was, and I'd have to go back to get the exact wording, and I think it was John that was describing it. Um, it turns out that, through testing, they figured out the absorption with Cardio Miracle seems to be much higher than normal, and there's no fat in there, so it's not fat that's doing it. He talked about a bunch of other, in nutrition, what we call cofactors. So okay. there, he said their absorption is even better because of the other cofactors that were in there. Again, if I go test mine this time and it's through the roof, well, that might be why. Maybe that vitamin D in there is really absorbed better. Now, I don't worry about fat-soluble vitamins with my diet because I eat fat all day long. I mean, I start my morning with a lot of fat. So there's always fat available for those. You don't have to take it exactly right at the same time. If you've got enough fat in your diet and you're taking your supplements anywhere near those meals, you'll be just fine. And like I said, I eat fat all day long. Okay. Well, so yeah, maybe I'll back off the D and K drops because then I probably won't be till September when I get tested again, but. Yeah, I might. on another subject. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think that's a good idea. I would back off a little bit. Maybe cut the number of drops in half. Yeah. But on another subject, I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, and if you do a deep dive into it, it might explain to you everything that's going on. Have you ever heard of the Cloward Piven strategy? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I. If you look it up now, they've kind of whitewashed it on the internet. But, right. You know, you know it, it. It's not that. Um, I don't even know how to say this. Not that I haven't read about this stuff. It's not that I don't see all the clues there. It's just, and I, I, I hate to use this word, but I'm going to. Right now, pick a conspiracy theory. There's about 10 of them floating around what's going on in the world today, and all of them could be true. There's enough evidence to point to about 10 conspiracy theories and say, yeah, that could be what's going on. Um, How do you know which one it is? Unfortunately, you don't know until it's too late. I know. That's the scary part. And I keep thinking about this, and I keep reading about it, and I keep talking about it, and I keep thinking, what what do we do to stop this when we're not sure what it is we're trying to stop other than right now, I just want to stop all the damn government control. We've given our government way too much power over our lives, and that's what's got to stop. I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to spend a lot of time on trying to figure out which conspiracy theory we're really dealing with, but I do know that we can't allow our government to have this kind of control. I know, because you keep asking, you know, you wonder what's going on with this stuff, and that's the only thing I keep coming up with. Well, like I said, it, yeah, it's not. Strategy. I can agree with you that that could be what's going on, but I can come up with other things. There are other explanations that make just about wow. as much sense. So it's really hard to figure out which one it really is. 
All right. Well, sir, that's, that's all the information I needed, so I'll let you get on to your next call. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's head off this time to Texas. Greg, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. Thanks for taking my call, Kevin. What's on your mind today? And, uh, a couple of couple of things on a couple of different subjects, but um, uh, one was, uh, can you, can, whenever you finish fermenting vegetables, can you pressure can them? No. Well, I mean, you can, but you would destroy all the benefits of making fermented vegetables because, in, yeah, in all canning, there's heat quite a bit of heat for a long period of time. That's why we really don't talk a lot about eating canned food other than um, for a couple specific reasons. Now, when we talk about canning meat, most of the nutrients in meat that we're after are not harmed by heat. So when you look at what we what we tend to get from meat, things like minerals and protein and fats, those aren't destroyed by heat. Minerals are not going anywhere. Minerals are things like iron, and, and you're not going to get rid of iron because you heated it up. Now, there are certain vitamins that are pretty prone to heat damage. Vitamin C is destroyed pretty easily with heat. Um, but probiotics which is the biggest reason for fermenting food they're very susceptible to even low amounts of heat technically the term raw food and we want our probiotic food to be raw um, raw food can never be heated past 114 degrees because at 114 degrees you start killing bacteria Now, you may not wipe it all out. There might be some strains that can survive higher temperatures, but 114 is like the bottom. When you surpass 114, you are now potentially destroying bacteria. So we we ferment food because it destroys no nutrients whatsoever because we never heat up fermented food. So we get all the vitamin C is intact, all of the um, water and fat-soluble vitamins and minerals are still intact. And then the fermentation process actually makes them more bioavailable to our body, and we create the probiotics. So fermenting is very, very different from canning. Now, why do we can some vegetables then? Mostly just to preserve the food. Um, you know, I have a huge yeah, garden. I got it. Say before, not, yeah. Yeah. It, we, we don't want to can a lot of vegetables. I mean, I can, um, most of what I can out of the garden tends to be things like tomato based, you know, tomato sauces, uh, ragus, things like that. Well, a lot of the nutrients you get in tomatoes aren't necessarily destroyed by heat. And it's a great way to preserve them. And I, grow so many tomatoes that I got to do something with it. But I also take as many of those tomatoes as I can, and I make fermented salsa instead. Now, no nutrients are damaged, and we create all the probiotics. But meat, there are so many advantages to canning meat, the little bit of nutrient loss we have from canning them is no big deal. But once you can most vegetables, things like green beans or peas or things like that, uh, that that's about the worst way to eat that food, really. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to start doing some meat canning. Uh, my, my brand new All American pressure. Excellent. Maybe uh, tomorrow or the next day. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, so, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited, and I've got, oh, about $1,200 worth of orders coming from Heritage and uh, Oh, nice. And nice. So, yeah, I'm ready to get after it and, and start doing some experimenting. But, uh, so the other thing was, is I'm been hearing, I've heard this referred to a few times over listening to some of the shows on uh, the, the replays. What is a one box? Oh, okay. Um, the one box really only refers to Freightliner products. Um, so Freightliner, I believe Western oh, okay. Star would also use it. But here's it. It is all of your emissions. It's all of that uh, alphabet soup. So the DPF, the DEF, the SCR, all of your downstream after treatment emissions are put into one box. And it's it's manufactured in a way that if one of those components goes bad inside that box, unfortunately, you have to replace the entire unit. And it's like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, whereas the other manufacturers, the, the components can be taken out separately and replaced or fixed and repaired. So that to me seemed like a, a really poor decision on the part of Freightliner. You know, I, I still love the DD series. I think their DT transmission is excellent. I think their aerodynamics are amazing. I, but that, that one box is, uh, it's a shame they did that. Yes, no doubt. Well, I'm glad I don't have a Freightliner for that for that reason. Anyways, <laughs> and they seem. All right, well, that's all for today. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna call. It. I know was one other thing. I've got I've got a show idea for uh, for the Power Hour. Okay. Uh, should I call tomorrow and yeah, that yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Do that. All right, we will talk to you then. All right, all right let's uh, let's keep going. Let's head off to California this time. Jeremy, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hey, how are you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Good. Uh, the main reason to call was, Jeremy, uh, I wanted to say happy birthday. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Crossing the, uh, so... crossing the finish line on one more lap around the sun. It's uh, my 59th lap, I guess. Hey, we, we wouldn't know what we know if it wasn't for you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. For You're everything. welcome. What's on your mind today? Um, oh, well, since I have to think of something, uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, what was it? Oh, oh I, I remember Sarah Pingle said something or had a post about, it's not like we eat a lot of erythritol on our diet, but some about erythritol maybe disrupts your gut bacteria maybe or did you, know, you, did you happen to see that I, I didn't see that but I've, I've read a lot there's a lot of things that could potentially disrupt our gut bacteria and most of them tend to be things that wouldn't naturally be in our diet as hunter gatherers um, 
you know, yeah. with, without us isolating erythritol and then using it in other things as a sweetener, we really wouldn't consume much of it. We know that a lot of over-the-counter medications that we thought for years were just safe, they didn't really have any side effects, no big deal. Uh, that's not always true. You know, Tylenol or, or uh, acetaminophen doesn't have any real side effects, but it's horrible for your liver. We know that now. These other pain relievers and other over-the-counter medications, no real negative side effects, no big deal, but it turns out that many of them, if not all of them, can potentially disrupt gut bacteria. Uh, and we didn't okay. know so much about gut bacteria. We still don't. I mean, it, it's really difficult to measure. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're just at the very beginning of this, but, uh, you know, I tend to at least back off of those kind of things. If, if there's some evidence that something might be disrupting gut bacteria, I pay attention to that. I, I think this is a, a big yeah. part of our health that we're just not clear on yet. Yeah, I got Tammy to kind of, when she makes ice cream, you know, we would start it out with the erythritol uh, and, and stuff. So we kind of use all three. She kind of uses all three now to, to a little honey, maple sugar, yeah. and then she's still using yeah. a little bit of erythritol, but I was trying to maybe not use any. But, you know, she doesn't want, you know, to, to make the carb count go up. But, um, you know, and, cause, and then we also noticed a little bit of like a pound maybe of, uh, of, of, uh, weight gain on the scale. Right. We, you know, we don't really go by the scale. We when we come home, we get on there and I, I go, I swear you don't look like it at all. But every time when I look up and she's basically doing a, a press, you know, like to failure with the X3 bar, I'm like, look at your shoulders and your, you know, right. your legs and glutes are getting big, but you're not losing, you know, you're not getting inches. So you're just, maybe it's muscle, you know, she's like, no, it's not. I'm like, it is. I, no, I, I'm with you, you on know? this one. I'm with you. This is absolutely muscle she's gaining, which is awesome. That's why yeah. we really don't care about that number on the scale. Go more first. How do you feel? You know, the last, long trip I took, um, I gained 10 pounds during that trip and I got my joint pain back and I realized how clean I had to keep my diet to avoid those things. This trip out, I, I mentioned just in the last week or two, my shoulders started to act up a little bit. I think I've already got that under control. Um, I didn't weigh myself the whole All time right. I was gone. I didn't bother to take a scale with me and I was gone two months, I think. Um, I got on the scale yesterday and the funny thing was my scale keeps track of all kinds of things and, you know, it tells you, you know, did you gain or lose weight from the last time? So last time I got on the scale would have been before I left. I got on the scale when I came back and I could have told you I didn't gain any weight. I know I didn't. Um, I wasn't working out with the X3 bar like I should have been. So I knew I wasn't gaining any muscle weight, but I could feel it. I mean, I, even though I was getting a little joint pain back and I got on the scale and I was two tenths of a pound heavier than the last time I was on the scale. And then this morning, because I worked all day in the garden yesterday, I was actually about two and a half pounds down. Um, so on this, yeah, here's, here's the other thing I was going to say. I've been watching you two. You guys are killing it with this. I mean, you you just had an awesome weekend of food preparation. Right. Um, I watch what you guys make and eat, and 
I would honestly rather see you put more natural sweeteners into things like ice cream. Use more honey. Use more maple syrup. I, I don't think weight gain is a big issue for you guys. I don't think some extra carbs is that big of a deal. Um, with real sweeteners, right. honey, maple syrup, maple sugar, coconut sugar, you're actually getting minerals and they're real food. I, I think I'd rather see that yeah. than take the chance with the erythritol. Now, for somebody who All has right. blood sugar issues and, you know, they're trying everything yeah. they can to cut down on, on sweets and that kind of thing, absolutely use it. You guys did for a while. I don't, right. I don't think you need it anymore, and I'm not sure that I would use it. Okay. Great. Thanks for that. And, we, yeah, we made that, you know, gasserai this time, and it's super thick. Yes. It's really, really good. So Yeah, it is. Maybe... And I probably consume sometimes here and there too much fat, you know, but I'm not trying to be some, you know, ab showing bodybuilder person. So, but I could probably, I probably eat too much just because it tastes good, but I don't know. We'll see. The the thing that I find honestly is that there is never a time where I gain weight because I eat too much fat. It's almost like the more fat I eat, the more fat I lose. I get leaner and leaner when yeah. I eat more fat. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're all in on that one, too. So, yeah, and I just meant the benefits of L-Gasserai. You know, it says you could, oh yeah, you know, it's, lose some waistline maybe or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's the results the, they the seem to get. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it so, is, that so we'll is a, see, but a we, good, thick, creamy one, though. I like that one. Yeah, it is. All right. All right. Sounds good. Keep it up. I've been, uh, <laughs> like I said, I've been following you guys. I love all your food prep stuff. Let's go to Tennessee this time. Stephen, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hey, first I want to say I, I love your new app. Uh, it's working great. I love the program, the way you've got it set up now. Um, it, that, it, everything's getting better than what it was before, that's for sure. Um, but this weekend, I had the opportunity. A lady called me and uh, from a bank. She runs a bank, and she just wanted to get my opinion. A, bu- uh, a buddy of mine uh, referred her to me because he knows I'm an owner-operator and been doing it a couple of years. So she has been getting a lot of people calling about Class 8, truck financing they don't have a program for that she is thinking about starting a program for class eight financing in this little local bank and i told her in my opinion it's the absolute wrong time to start <laughs> good for a you program for class eight good. financing yeah. i said if there was ever a chance ever a time this is not it because trucks are selling for far more than they should be new and used for, in my opinion anyways and then we went over some of the old stuff. I said, look, if you're going to do this, if you're going to start doing um, financing for Class A trucks, you got to make sure that owner, the one that's applying, has a good profit and loss, has a good idea where the business is still going to go. I said, but we're in times that we've never seen. So how can anybody have a real feeling about where their business is going to go unless I- you know, they have long-term contracts? Uh, you, your advice couldn't have been more spot on. I hope she listens to you. I'll even go one step further. 
had had you called me right at the very peak of excellent rates and low fuel prices, I would have said, if you plan on getting into this business, you better be really, really careful and don't think you can just dip your toe into the water and write a couple truck loans now and then. Banks don't do that for a reason. That's why we have finance companies that specialize in trucks and equipment Um, this is one of the riskiest places you could loan people money. All business loans are, are, are risky. So, so we know that business is up, it's down. It's, you can take people who are really good at managing their personal finances and they fail miserably at business. So there's a whole new level of risk in business financing of any kind. But now what they I don't think she's thinking about this because I don't think she really understands the industry. People in finance refer to this as rolling stock. If I finance your um, your kitchen setup for a new restaurant or a deli or whatever, you know, ovens and all that stuff, if you don't pay me, I know where that stuff is and I can come get it. Try doing that with a truck. Owner operators will will keep that thing running for four or five or six months without making payments, and the finance companies have a very, very hard time finding it to repossess it. And then by the time they do get it back, it is trashed, and it's not worth anything anymore. She should stay away from, from truck financing. For a small local bank, it's really... It's uh, it's not worth it, and you're right. This would be the absolute worst time to think about it. You know, and I told her, I said these are the most depreciation de- depreciation oh, items awful. anybody could ever buy. Right. We buy them, and instantly our job is to rack up the miles on them. That's what we do. Yes. Uh, so they're just depreciating, you know. So then I told her, you know, about. The crazy thing right now is stuff is selling for more than what people bought. And this is what I really called for you to tell you about because she's like, well, we totally get this because we repoed a car recently because of non-payment. She goes, we then went and sold the car, got $10,000 more than what was sold on the car. Oh, oh, oh. Go ahead. The bank had to send the customer, the bank had to send the customer a ten thousand dollar check could you imagine letting your car go back to the bank and by surprise you get a check for ten thousand dollars because they sold it for more than what you even owed on it i i boy i hadn't even ever thought about that is that the way the contracts are written because that would have to be in the contract somewhere that that's a require i didn't realize they would have to send you that extra money Yes, she claimed that she had to send the money back to the customer, or to the, not back, well, but send the money to the customer because that, they got more than what was owed on it. See, that must be, I, I, I need to look at a finance contract and see if you can find that in the wording because here's the way I would understand this legally. Legally, when you take out a loan, you owe them that money back. If you fail to pay them that money back, you forfeit your collateral. I, I never realized that, and I'm sure, again, every contract could be written differently, but I'm surprised that they write the contract in a way that says if they get more, 
they have to then pass it on to the customer. And I'm not saying it's wrong or right, or it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. It's just legally, um, I didn't realize that would happen. That's kind of interesting. Um, but now... They would even leave a door open. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. I'm, I, I don't know why they would write a contract. like It's not like anybody would care. The average consumer never reads these contracts anyway. Um so I'm no. surprised that it's written that way. But here's why I was kind of, I interrupted you there. I had a, a, a moment of clarity. So this bank now just sees that, oh, look, we financed this equipment. We were totally protected. We didn't lose a penny on this, even though we had to repossess it. Normally, when a bank has to repossess something, they lose a ton um, so then somebody's light bulb went off and said, oh, why don't we finance trucks then if that's this easy? Uh, yeah, this party isn't going to last that long. So uh, they would be insane no. to try financing commercial vehicles at this point. Yeah, and I told you, you know, six months of stuff has to be going back down. Where it ends, who knows where it ends, but there is no reason this stuff to be selling where it is. So, oh, it's, I don't it's, know. I hope they don't dabble in it. Yeah, that they will, they'll end up losing a bunch of money before they figure out this was a really bad idea. Yep, so interesting, but yeah, that's what I got for today. All right, thanks for the call. Good stuff. Let's go to... We're going to head off to Michigan this time. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Nice to talk to you. Say, I got a dilemma that I want you to help me through here. Okay. So three, four weeks, four weeks ago, I had a classic 2000, uh, went out to go to work. The circuits burnt up. Oh. Anyway, the inside was burnt. It's total. Oh, totaled anyway. that's awful. Um, so, yeah, I know. Yeah, sucks. But um, I know it's not the right time to buy. I'm pretty well set in my, my company. I mean, I make decent money, you know, I'm not, and it's pretty secure or whatever, you know. But um, so I have this 06 Volvo. It's deleted. It was just a parts truck. I bought it for the transmission and shit for that classic. Okay. And I'm probably going to have to put $15,000 into it to make it acceptable or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So. I'm going around and around about buying a new truck, which I'm not afraid to buy a new truck. I'm trying to buy a new Volvo and stuck it like, uh, like the, you know, you guys talk about, but it, the odds of me getting a new truck, even for next year, seem pretty slim. I just talked to the Volvo dealer on Friday. I mean, the, the big companies are getting their orders hacked in half even, you know, so, um, so I'm wondering what your opinion is. I know you're saying don't buy a new truck, don't buy or a different equipment or whatever, but I kind of got to do something. Oh yeah. And I I'd no. like to go with something new, but yet at the same time, I'm skeptical. I mean, you know, cause you, yeah, even no. if you think you're secure, you don't, you don't know. Uh, exactly. And you know. when, when I hear somebody like Noel Perry say he's looking at conditions that haven't been this bad since 1980, and like I said, that means conditions have never been this bad in trucking as we know it. We have no idea right. what to expect this time. But I also understand. So let me back up a second. Most of the people who call me about buying equipment are buying the equipment to get into the business. That's why I'm saying absolutely not. Yep. Not no, but hell no. What are you thinking? Don't do that. But if you're already in the business and something happens to your truck like yours, 
well, yeah, I don't want you to get out of the business. So what's the least risk we could take? The least risk we could take is to do this as cheap as possible. I've said in the past that I would probably never buy a mechanical engine to try to make money in trucking. I, I, I might right now. I don't think I would need to because there's plenty of those late 90s, early 2000s trucks. That would be my sweet spot right now. I'd be looking for late 90s, early 2000 trucks that need work, that that just aren't selling for these crazy prices. Now, you mentioned you already have a truck that you could put 10 or 15,000 into. 10 or 15,000 in today's world is nothing. Honestly, if you could, if you can put a truck on the road to make money with and keep doing what you're doing for 10 or 15,000, I would do that in a heartbeat. You can just ride it out. And then when the, absolutely towards the end of the year, there'll, there'll, there'll probably be a lot of deals. Not only, I agree with you. Not only will there be a lot of deals, there will be a lot of slots open for orders. Orders will get canceled. Lots and lots of orders are going to get canceled and those slots will open up. So if you want to go build a new one in six months to a year, you'll be able to at a reasonable price or, or the beauty of Volvo is that they've been promoting these good specs for a while now. So, you know, we used to talk about, for example, if I wanted to spec a 99 truck with a, you know, pre-emission engine and we wanted it, you know, with direct drive and one over, finding that truck on the used market was next to impossible. Nobody specced them like that. So you had to go do that yourself. But these specs we talk about on Volvos now are starting to become just their standard specs. They're not that unusual. So when this market crashes and it will, you may be able to pick up a really, really low mileage used truck specced really well at a great price. Right. I think that. And I, I have a Ken. I think you. I think that's the way I should go. I, I, I went and looked at a Kenworth 990 on Friday, which has a Packard and an 18 speed, and just love it. But it's overpriced, two hundred twenty-five thousand. That's and I insane. Thought about buying that, but I, yeah, but I, I think it. I would lose so much money when the well here's turns down. You know, you will. And here's the other thing we need to think about. If the price is two twenty, you're paying way too much on the price, and the minute you sign that paper, you can never get that money back. It, it's just gone. It, it was an overpriced, and you can't get it back. But it also means, unless you're rolling in cash and you can just write a check for this thing, it also means your finance cost is going to go way up, and your insurance cost is going to go up because insurance is based on purchase price. So you have three expenses all too high to buy this truck. It's a horrible idea. Well, I just said that. I I shouldn't have went and looked at it. I know myself when it comes to stuff like that. And Lisa's the opposite. Lisa can window shop all day long. She can go test drive cars and she can just walk away like it's no big deal. I tell her all the time, you do not want to take me shopping unless you want me to buy something. Because if I go look, I buy I things. Know, so I, I just know that I have yeah. to stay away from those kind of temptations. Right. Well, right. And I knew that 
going into that Packard compared to a Volvo, I mean, you're talking at least ten grand a year extra fuel. You know, I mean, I would say, you know. So yeah, we just we, we just um, don't know that engine well enough yet. I, I'd like to get there. I know John Walco's working on getting us some resources so we can learn that engine better, but we're just not there yet. Right, right. Hey, also, Kevin, I want to mention, uh, so with that truck fire or whatever, so a uh, month, two months ago or something, you mentioned, I think it was you, make sure you go through your your uh, values through your insurance company, or maybe I read it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And I, I meant I to do it, that. meant to do it, meant to do it. I, I did not do it. I meant to do it, and I got screwed on it. So everybody, make sure you screw I I ended up, I only had 20 grand on it and the fair market value was like 31 or something. So I lost out on 11,000. Well, of the it, 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 it sucks. Never. It sucks that they screw us both directions with this. If, you know, in a yeah. traditional market, sure. they charge you for a certain value. Like you said, $20,000. That's what they base your premium on. But then when it comes time to to pay the claim if the real market value of your vehicle is only 15 you only get 15 well wait a minute i was paying for 20 well no but we have to pay out based on the value well that should work that way this time now that's why i i I went in and it's such an unfair system honestly and if you don't understand it that's why i made that post because in any market we should occasionally go in once or twice a year and revalue your equipment for insurance. But in this market, I had a feeling they were going to start pulling stuff like that. Right. And Great West did tell, they told me that's my carrier, Great West. And they, they said, if you would have put actual cash value on it, I would have got what it was. Right. But then if the market turns to say the end of the year, <laughs> you know, cause then he, he said, he said, well, you only paid premium for 20,000 and at the end of the year, if it goes the other way and it's only worth 10, they're only going to pay me 10, but yet I'm good. paying the premium right. for that. That's what I mean. Fee. Yeah. It, it's it, your That's explanation saying, of yeah. why you did it one way before I get it. Okay. But why <laughs> don't you do that when it favors me then? Right. Yeah. That, yeah. So anyways, but whatever, just so the people listening, go through it really you know you never yep. know i mean i would never i parked my truck thursday night and friday morning i went open the door and the freaking thing that, was filled with smoke well that's Maybe. how this stuff happens yep. you know that's why we have insurance because you can't <laughs> yeah. predict these kind of things yep that's right so okay well hey thanks for the advice you're yep, welcome thanks for the call let's uh let's head off to iowa john welcome to the program Hey, Kevin. Happy birthday. Thank you. What's on your mind today? Be, be easy to remember now that it's the day before my daughter's. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Still 18 and hopefully out of the house, but yeah. won't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, hey, I just wanted to, I'm, doing, I'm part of the beta testing for the app and uh, Android sounding good today, working good. Uh, not really seeing a lot of issues in my, myself, uh, I want to throw out there to the, to the other, other members of the group, get in there and let us know what's going on there. It just seems like there's a couple of us that are chattering a lot about what we're finding or, uh, what we would like to see, but it seems like it's just a few people and there's yeah. what, 25 or 30 in there and there's n- very minimal activity, you know, what Aaron and, and Jack know what's going on. What are you guys seeing on your end? So 
we can have this out for everybody that, and it's going to be phenomenal. Cause I like it. I like how it's working. There's just little, little things that Aaron said, he keeps responding to messages that, yeah, we're working on this. We're working on that. And he just posted up today, you know, what do you want to see for this feature? What do you want to see for that feature? Get in there, everybody just get in there and, and see, tell us what we're seeing. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, the Android came out, came out on Friday and there was somebody that didn't even know it. It was out. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up, and I appreciate it because we do want that feedback and help. And there's actually, um, you know, the first thing we want people to do is try to break it. You know, try to tell us what doesn't work right because when we put out an On the Android side, I haven't seen anything yet. Excellent. I mean, that's good. That's what we hope for. But we, we want to catch those kind of things before we release it out into the wild for everybody. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. So number one we want feedback on is, is something broken or can you break it? Can it, can it? But then, because we want to make sure that when we put it out, whatever features are there work correctly. They're easy to understand. You can't really get confused. That's what we're shooting for. But we've already had one piece of feedback that goes beyond that. So if you can't break it and everything seems to be working good for you, is there some other feature you'd like to see? Give us that feedback. And one, one of them that we got that, I don't know why we didn't think of this because our mind's in 10 other directions. Somebody said, well, would it be possible for your app to store our other podcasts that we listen to? Yeah, actually, it is possible. And it might be a really, really good idea for us to put that feature in there. So we're exploring that now. But that came from feedback from one of the beta testers. I, I, I didn't see that post myself, but I didn't know if there would be like problems uh, with like uh, copyright issues or something like that. Well, that's what we're exploring, but I do know that there are dozens of podcast apps out there that let me subscribe to any podcast I want. It, it is that an agreement that they have, you know, which is which would be great if I could get a couple other podcasts and just run yours, but. I run basically Spotify and you guys, and I get everything I want. Yeah, and that's kind of what I mean. There are other apps out there that, and we we have our programming team exploring that. How we know it can Wonderful. be done. That'd be cool too. Yeah, we know it can be done. We just have to go figure out: are there licensing agreements? How does this work? Yep. Um, because if we can make it easier. You know, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts because for me, I can only listen to a podcast when I'm driving. If I'm if I'm at home or stationary, I, I'm I, kind of the same way. But yeah, yeah, I would rather read. So, you know, like um, Diet Doctor has a podcast that I like. But if I'm if I'm driving, I'll listen to it. If I'm home, I actually just download the transcript instead and I read it. So. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, and I so I don't listen to a ton of other podcasts. So for me, if I could just subscribe to the one or two other podcasts that I listen to through our app, that I would like that too. Yeah, that would be a very inter- interesting thing to happen. But yeah, my biggest thing is, is the, those that are in the group, get in there, let us know what you're seeing, what, you know, 
Aaron and, and Jack don't know what's going on if we if nobody tells them, but they're that, just sitting in there kind of just mute. Yeah, you know, here's the other thing. If you like, I do a ton of beta testing. I I always sign up to be a beta tester. I've even been uh, an alpha tester once or twice. Um, and I actually like to break things. I mean, usually if something, if we're going to find something in our software within our company or things we're doing, I'm usually the one that finds it. Because my method... Yeah, I was all excited when it came out for that. I was like, all right, I can break it. Exactly. My method, my method of learning how to use software is I click on everything. If there's a button there, yep, if there's an option, all weekend and, yeah, if there's a yep. menu item, I'm going to click on it and then I'm going to follow it through. And that's how you find these things. So, yeah, thanks yep. for bringing it up. If you are a beta tester, click on things, play with it, try to break it, you know, and, and then if you just can't yeah. break it or you can't find anything wrong, think of something you might want it to do and let us know that, too. Yep, a, f- a feature. That, that's what most of mine have been is just, can we get this feature? Can we get that feature? And Aaron's been like, yeah, we're working on it. it yeah, and he takes our, our, our suggestions and, you know, we don't know what anybody wants if nobody tells us. That's right. That's right. So thank you. Thank you. We so, do appreciate the yep. beta testers. Yep. Well, have a good day, Kevin. Enjoy your birthday. I'm going to let you go because I know I'm going to shortly – here right. shortly lose you there you go thanks for the call and again thanks for being a beta tester and stepping up and bringing this up uh we do want to put out the best product we possibly can we always do uh, so I'm, I'm excited the app i played around there was a new release this morning i actually played around with it and i am um, i haven't been able to break it yet i haven't found anything at all on ios so we'll uh we'll keep working on it i think it's going to be out soon Let's go to Texas this time. Woody, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning or good afternoon, wherever you're at, and happy birthday. Well, thank you. What's on your mind today? Yep. Well, I am wondering if there's any services out there where you can pay somebody to help you uh, get started in trucking on the right foot and grow in the business over a period of years until you get to be your own owner-operator. Uh, uh, even as far as long the other day, I just found out there's actual business credit versus your regular credit. And there's a way to build it and a way to destroy it. And is there just a, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say to answer your question, um, I'm a little biased here because that's kind of what we do in several ways. So I, I have several things that could right. help you with what you're looking for. I have a, um, well, for one, our podcast, we were just talking about our app. When we release our app to the mainstream right now, we just have beta testers. We used to do this network several years back. And then because of a new contract I got at Sirius, we kind of shut our network down. Um, but one of the shows we used to do was a show called Trucking 101. And it was designed to help people through their first year in trucking. And we brought all of those episodes back. So they're all recorded. They'll be on the app. And I'm looking for a new host to continue that show. Because I think that's a critical time for people. And 
it, I, I like the fact that it was a podcast, so it's dynamic and it's new every week, and you can call in and ask the questions that are specific to you. So that's one of the resources we have. We have our two websites, truckingtribe.com and healthytribe.com, where 90% of the discussion is all about stuff trucking, whether it's you know, trucking uh, on the trucking side, fuel prices, parking, you know, deliveries, all, all that stuff you want to learn in the first year, you can ask. We have great people in there answering questions. I answer questions in there all day long. Uh, on the health side, we talk about how to eat healthier on the road and um, lots of other great topics around health. So those two sites can help you a lot. And then I have a book I wrote that we turned into an online course um, all about buying your first truck and becoming an owner-operator. Every single step of the process, there's checklists, there's all kinds of things in there. And occasionally, I will take that course and I will teach it live over, I think we do it over like 14 weeks, if I remember right. Uh, And I when we hit the bottom of this market, which I expect to be in six months to a year, I will probably open that a live course up again and teach that. I really enjoy teaching that. Wow. Right now is not a great time because of the market, but I'm thinking in about six months, I'll probably run a live course on that again. So we have lots of resources here. That's awesome. Yeah. I I knew you guys had a lot, but I didn't know you had that kind of stuff going on there. Uh, Do you also deal with, like, if if you ended up wanting to get your own authority and stuff, do you have that kind of information as well? We have a course that is about 90% done. Um, Oh, wow. So, yeah, and again, we really kind of – put it on the shelf because we had a lot of other stuff we were working on and I just don't think the timing is right now to get your own authority but I think six months to a year yeah when we hit the bottom there will be time so uh, we have a lot of things we're rebuilding our network we're adding new shows all the time we're working on our app Um, so some of our other projects you know you got to prioritize sometimes so uh, we'll we'll get those back and there will be a point where we'll get back heavy into the education side of this that's awesome well, listen, I thank you very much for all that you do, and I hope everybody out there stays safe. You're welcome. Thanks for the call, and uh, great to have you in the tribe. Hang out. And uh, and then the other resource you always have is call me anytime you want. That's what I'm here for. I'll help you with that every step of the way. All right, we, uh, we're going to wrap this up today. We, uh, we answered a bunch of calls. Tomorrow is the power hour, so uh, we will see you then. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.